It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in to another magical installment of Disney Blue's Disney On Demand. And as we're forging through the bitter cold here in January, it's time to press on into something more fun, something whimsical, and something a little bit tune-centric as we kick off show number 28 for the week of January 14th, 2013. As we're heading down the road into January in the new year, many things are coming up, including the 25th anniversary of the one and only Roger Rabbit. That's right, one of the breakthrough pioneer films of 1988 with Touchstone Pictures, Walt Disney Pictures, Steven Spielberg, and many others involved with this. And we're inviting one very special person here to the show this week. He is a man of science. He is a stand-up comedian, he is a voice actor, and we're welcoming the one and only voice of Roger Rabbit, Charles Fleischer, to the show this week. Charles is going to stop in and talk about voicing this iconic character in Roger Rabbit, his stand-up comedy show, his newest science papers and findings, and you never know what you're going to uncover with the one and only Charles Fleischer stopping in very soon. We also have the D-Team back. That's right, the D-Team of Jamie and Jason and Tony are back once again with all their signature segments here at Disney On Demand. Jamie's going to kick things off with the Artist Corner as they're going to go into a little bit about Mickey Mouse drawing this iconic character and just how you can pull it off yourself and bringing out the artist within you. We have Jason back with the vault as he's going to dig deeper into a DVD and Blu-ray review once again for all of you D-heads. And Tony is back with the top five things you didn't know about. Now our D-team member from Down Under, Lexi, is going to be taking this week off as she is heading over to the United States and visiting the one and only Walt Disney World Resort. So Lexi, we hope you have fun and we'll be waiting for you to return and tell us all about your ventures at Walt Disney World and back here at Disney On Demand. So enjoy that vacation. We have many other things, including a ton of Disney news here this week. We also are asking for a variety of different news segments, new cast members, and people to join the D-Team. And there's many other things, including a brand new contest here at Disney On Demand. So as we kick things off here this week, it is cold, so stoke that fire, get warmed up, and get ready to kick off show number 28 for the week of January 14th, 2013. And let's jump right into Toontown to kick off this week's show. Be right back, all of you D-heads. Right down that. We had actors, real actors, not just 
the script supervisor or stand-ins, but we cast American actors in London to be the voices, and they would be there, and they would they would give us real-time, you know, full performances. Roger, say something. Look, Stan, very when you are, Raul. Bob Hoskins and I would rehearse as though we were two actors in any movie. Then I would step off camera into this little place that they had sectioned off for me with my own mic and watch whatever happened. Because if Hoskins were to pull Roger, I would have to react to that. Uh, I came to call it trans-projectional acting, so that whatever he was doing, I would watch it and I would project myself into that space. After a while, it just felt very natural. The guy who was doing Roger, who was with me all the time, was Charlie Fleischer who is completely nuts. He, like the first day, insisted on a costume. He said, Charlie, you're a voice. Have I said anything about your character? No, 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 but, you know. I'm a rabbit. Three years of acting school, and I'm a rabbit. Shakespeare, and I'm a rabbit. You'll figure it out. They had made Roger's clothes up to fit Charlie, and Charlie, to be in character, wore Roger's clothes. And I thought to myself, if they think I'm wearing a diaper, they've got another thing coming. <laughs> There's no way I'm walking around on this. Got a whale of a tale to tell you, lad. A whale of a tale or two. About the flapping fish and the girls I've loved. Nights like this with the moon above. A whale of a tale and it's all true. I swear by my tattoo. There was Mermaid Minnie, met her down in Madagascar, she would kiss me any time that I would ask her. Then one evening, her flame of love blew out, blow me down and pick me up, she swapped me for a trout. Got a whale of a tail to tell you last, a whale of a tail or two, about the flapping fish and the girls I love. On nights like this with the moon about, a whale of a tail and it's all true, I swear by my tattoo. There was Typhoon Tessie, met her on the coast of Java. When we kissed, I bubbled up like molten lava. Then she gave me the scare of my young life. Blow me down and pick me up, she was the captain's wife. Got a whale of a tail to tell you, but a whale of a tail or two. By the flapping fish and the girls I love. Nights like this with the moon above. Whale of a tail and it's all true, I swear by my tattoo. There was Harpoon Hannah, had a face that made you shudder, lips like fish hooks, and a nose just like a rudder. If I kissed her and held her tenderly, held her tenderly. there's no sea monster big enough to ever frighten me. Got a whale of a tail to tell you, lad. A whale of a tail or two. About the flapping fish and the girls I've loved. Nights like this with the moon above. A whale of a tail and it's all true, I swear by my tattoo. In the beginning, there was Mickey. Then came Donald, 
and Bugs. Daffy, Betty, and Porky. Hey, that wasn't in the script. And Tom and Jerry, Tweety and Sylvester, and Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. But now there's a new tune in town, and his name is Roger Rabbit. And though Roger is influenced by all the cartoon characters before him, there's one difference. This tune lives in the world of humans. My buddy, Betty B, a flower put your feet. But when I'm done, he'll be so gone to the Joker, he will be. How would I categorize this film? Totally new. Hopefully. Something you've, you've never seen this before, folks. Marker. Action. The film is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? The most highly acclaimed movie of the year. Bringing Roger and his adventures to life took more than three years. Combining the spirit of Hollywood's past with the technical wizardry of today, this film stands as one of the greatest cinematic achievements ever attempted. But tell me, Eddie, is that a rabbit in your pocket? Are you just happy to see me? Roger Rabbit is the first cartoon hero in a long while that has both won our hearts captured our imaginations. In the film, I play one of the humans who gets tangled up in Roger's crazy adventure. I can honestly tell you that working with this rabbit was an adventure in itself. Roger's one special bunny. Join me as we reveal the story behind Roger Rabbit. We will journey back to our childhoods, travel to that crazy place called Toontown, where we'll visit heroes from the past and meet some of our new Toon friends. There are secrets to be told beyond these doors. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so we're back for another installment here at Disney On Demand. Thank you once again for tuning in and stopping in for show number 28 here at Disney On Demand. And coming in very soon, stopping in shortly here at the show, we're going to have the one and only Charles Fleischer. Yes, the science man, the comedian, and the voice of Roger Rabbit stopping in here at the show. He's going to stop in very shortly and talk with all of you D-heads about voicing this iconic character. So before we jump into show number 28, I do want to give you a couple of simple ways that you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And you can always download our 100% free iPhone and tablet app. Yes, you can get it for your iPhone, your iPad, and your interactive tablet. All you have to do is go to your store and search Diz Radio. That's D-I-Z Radio, all one word. You can download it 100% absolutely free. And you can get videos, Twitter feeds, Facebook, past shows, and more all on our free app. So you can interact and more with our social media outlets and listen to past archive shows. Once again, that's the Diz Radio app. You can also find out more about the show at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com, where you can get our full list of archives, past shows, our daily blog, all of our social media outlets, and more, including our Lifetime of Disney Player, where you can listen to over 300-plus Disney television specials, TV specials, parades, movies, and more as you work away. And you can get all of that at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. So kicking off into show number 28, let's jump into news and let's talk about the biggest and baddest and the hottest of the news and Disney Pixar's Infinity Gaming Experience coming this June. Disney Interactive has announced today that the company is calling its most ambitious gaming initiative ever Disney Infinity. 
The new platform is going to bring together beloved characters from the Walt Disney Company and Pixar Animation Studios to fight hand-in-hand against animated evil players. Now, players can venture through some of their favorite Disney and Pixar worlds, including the campus of Monster University or the Pumpkin Patch of the Nightmare Before Christmas. Players can also get creative and build all-new environments. By integrating real and the make-believe, Disney Infinity is going to turn collectible character figures into animated superheroes, allowing Mr. Incredible to run alongside Mike Wazowski in what Disney is dubbing a virtual toy box. Now, Disney Infinity is going to introduce a new way to interact with the best of Disney games all in one platform for now and in the future, as they put it from Disney Interactive. With this innovative approach to gaming, Disney Infinity is going to bring life to new characters, stories, and environments, and the Walt Disney Company over time is going to have fans delighted and enjoying this and you're going to be able to see a variety of people including Jack Sparrow, Mike Wazowski, Mr. Incredible all working hand in hand through this gaming experience. The Disney Infinity Universe is going to be launching June across all consoles including Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, the Nintendo Wii and Wii U and they're going to roll out many phases on mobile devices and the web throughout the year as well. The game is going to include over 17 character figures, 40 collectible interactive pieces, and the Infinity Base, into which figures are placed to unlock their games in worlds, and interactive discs from the various toy box characters. You can find out more about this, and when it comes out, it's going to have a $74.99 price tag with add-ons starting at $34.99. You can find out more about this all over the web at Disney Interactive and all over any place that you can find, including YouTube, where they have the official trailer released. Now, with Disney movies and more, how about 3D? Now, I myself think releasing 3D movies is just a fad. It's something that's it's something that's just going to disappear and go away very soon. Well, Disney has officially dropped The Little Mermaid as 3D sales are disappointing. Now, Walt Disney has canceled their plans for a 3D version of its 1989 animated hit after disappointing re-releases of Monsters, Inc. and Beauty and the Beast in this same format. Now, the film was the last of four releases of which Disney announced plans to convert some of its animated feature films after The Lion King generated over $94 million in 2011. Now, Disney began the 3D conversion of the underwater animated film in November, and the animated studio chief, John Lasseter, said in interviews in November, conversion of existing films to 3D are considered generally inexpensive and are viewed by Disney as generating publicity to boost DVD sales of older films. Now, since Disney is focusing more on their release of the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean franchise on July 10th, 2015, the studio said that it's going to focus more on Marvel's big-budget films in the 3D next year with Captain America, The Winter Soldier, and Guardians of the Galaxy. So, I myself think 3D is just a fad, and when Lion King came out, it was still new, everybody loved it and I think it got old kind of quickly. Now, I myself am all for one seeing classic films in the big screen again, but I cannot hoof that extra 3D tag for a film re-released once again. So I don't know where you stand on this, all of you D-heads, but I myself, you know, I think 3D is finally running its course. Now, as we push forward with more Disney news, how about let's go to Disney Junior and Chuggington? Well, Chuggington's favorite trainees, Wilson, Brewster, and Coco, are now riding with the rails of Bachman Trains. Now, Bachman Trains is a great retailer of toys and electric train sets. And right now, you can find out more about them at BachmanTrains.com. You can read our full blog right up out of it on the Diz Radio website. But based on the popular TV series Chuggington that airs weekdays on Disney Channel's Disney Junior programming block for kids and their families, HO scale Chuggington electric locomotives, rolling stock, and accessories are arriving at Bachman Trains in 2013. 
Now, they are going to be vending at the Toy Expo that is taking place at the Toy Fair booth. And if you want to find out more about them, you can visit booth 1573. And if you want to find out more about the Toy Fair Expo and these all-new electric locomotives with Chuggington characters, you can find out more at BachmanTrains.com as Disney continues to expand and give Thomas a run for their money. Now, since we were just talking about movies and many other things, how about Disney giving the Muppets to... Pirates of the Caribbean 5, release dates, and moves Maleficent one more time. Yes, The Muppets 2 is going to open in theaters of March 2014, and Maleficent, a reimagined version of Sleeping Beauty telling the tale starring Angelina Jolie, has now moved to July of 2014 as well. Now, they're going to open just before Christmas of 2014, Disney announced this past Monday. Now, the news was part of a brand new announcement from Disney as they have announced Pirates of the Caribbean 5 to open July 10th, 2015. The next in the Pirates franchise will star Johnny Depp once again with a script by Jeff Nathanson, but no director has been attached yet. Now, Disney's planned 3D release of The Little Mermaid, as I told you, has already been scrapped. But speaking of 3D, they have announced that Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain America The Winter Soldier are now going to be released in 3D and they're going to be released April 1st and April 4th of 2014. Now, also debuting on March 21st, The Muppets are just going to open the same weekend as a variety of other films. Now, this new Muppets reboot earned a sequel after grossing over $158 million worldwide box offices that just really relaunched and reintroduced The Muppets to an all-new generation. I know my children have loved The Muppets, especially with this new relaunch. It really just showed people how great family entertainment can do it once again. Now, the human cast of the new Muppets sequel is going to include Ricky Gervais, Ty Burrell, and Tina Fey may also join this. Now, Maleficent, with Angelina Jolie playing the title role, is set to open on July 2nd, 2014. Now, it stars as Angelina Jolie as the mistress of all evil, and also cast Juno Temple and Elle Fanning. Now, so far, not much has been announced about this, but it is going to be fantastic. I've seen the imagery, and I think that bringing something like this to life is really going to breathe new life into the Disney villains, and I think no other actress could really pull us off than Angelina Jolie. In movies getting shifted around and with the all-new release dates, but I myself am excited for all of these, Pirates 5, The Muppets, and Maleficent. So you can find out more about these release dates all over the web and, you know, just keep your eyes peeled because it's going to come up a lot quicker than we even know. Now pushing forward, let's go into more of the small screen in Disney movies and how about a lawsuit claiming that Disney stole a Christmas movie idea. Now two producers are suing the Walt Disney Company claiming the company lifted their idea for the Christmas movie The Twelve Dates of Christmas. Now this was part of the ABC Family Christmas lineup that everybody loves and it starred Mark Paul Gosselier of Say by the Bell fame and they're saying that this is a breach of contract. They're saying back in December of 2005 that they met with the vice presidents of original programming of ABC Family and pitched an idea about somebody that was forced to relive the same Christmas day over and over again with her ex-boyfriend. Now, many of these are frivolous. I mean, this is just a rehash of Groundhog's Day nonetheless. So how much is it in terms of originality and how will this hold up in court? But unlike many lawsuits, these are industry veterans. Now, the two people that pitched the idea have written a number of movies, including The Christmas Shoes and The Christmas Hope for Lifetime in 2009. Now, they are seeking damages once again because The 12 Dates of Christmas has gotten released. It was popular and it really took many elements from their story once again. Now, yes, it does have other elements of A Christmas Carol and many other things, but I can only say, I don't know. How is this going to hold up in court? I am not sure, but we will definitely 
definitely find out on this one. Keep your eyes peeled and definitely keep paperwork if you're going to be pitching some ideas anytime soon. Now, as we're moving forward, let's move away from the movies and into the parks, and let's talk about a Disney employee that was hit by the car of an undercover officer. Now, news of this just released this week, but according to police, the undercover officer was making a U-turn when he hit the Walt Disney employee. Now, witnesses said the employee was crossing the street legally before being thrown a few feet from the intersection. We were just trying to go back to the car after a day at the park, Witness, Alicia Handy recalled, the light turned and we were going to cross the street, completely legal. And I guess the guy in the turn lane didn't see her at all and he continued to make the U-turn. Now the woman suffered critical injuries and is being treated at a local hospital. Now police are investigating why the undercover officer was patrolling the area at the time of the incident and no details have been released. Our thoughts, our prayers really go out to her and we hope that she is going to recover and everything will be okay. I'm sure we'll find out more about this and why this undercover officer was in the area or maybe the new is just making something bigger about it. It just happens to be his profession. We'll find out more about that. Now, before I let you go, let's talk one more thing about news here this week. And how about Disney Junior once again? Let's go back to the small screen. And Sophia the First premiered last Friday once again. Now, everybody knows Sophia the First, the film that was released about a month ago during the Christmas season. Well, Disney Junior Sophia the First is the number one preschool series launch in cable TV history for girls ages 2 to 5 and adults 18 to 49 and women 18 to 49. Now last Friday's premiere of Disney Junior Sophia the First and on Disney Channel became the number one preschool series launch in cable TV history. Now this was just blowing all other previous shows out of the water and it was the number two weekday preschool cable TV series launch in over 12 years. Now it had over 2.7 million viewers and it is behind only Disney Channel's Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and Sophia the First virtually tied Doc McStuffins as the network's number one weekday series launch ever in kids ages 2 to 5. It's a franchise that is going to continue to grow, and I know that many people enjoy it. I know my 6-year-old daughter really loved this one as well, and congrats to Disney for hitting this one out of the ballpark. You've brought it all together for the Disney Junior team once again. Let's just say, with boys, you brought Captain Hook and Peter Pan back in action, and now with girls, you're making princesses popular once again. So all of you D-heads, I gotta take a break. I gotta rest my voice because we have Charles Fleischer stopping in very soon here at Disney On Demand. I am very excited for this as the voice of Roger Rabbit is going to be hitting up very soon here on the show. So before I let you go, I do want to give a shout out once again to one of our sponsors here at the show that helps some of the magic happen and the website stay up, and that's Pixie Vacations. Now the agents at Pixie Vacations specialize in all Disney destinations, whether you want to go to Walt Disney World in Florida, California Adventure, Disneyland, or on a Disney cruise. You can take part in Adventures by Disney, but Pixie Vacations is an authorized Disney vacation planner with the most knowledgeable and experienced agents who are going to help you plan the best Disney vacation ever. You can contact Pixie Vacations at 678-815-1584. That's 678-815-1584. Or you can visit them at pixievacations.com. So definitely check them out and get your vacation planning started today. Now, before I let you go and take a drink myself, I'm going to leave you in the hands of the D-Team. That's right, we're going to have Jamie back with the Artist Corner. We're going to have some tidbits, some more Roger Rabbit fun, and we're going to have Tony back with the top five things you didn't know about. So, all of you D-Heads, I'm going to let my voice rest, kick it off to the D-Team, and I'll be back shortly. Once a lonely caterpillar sat and cried To a sympathetic beetle by his side 
I've got nobody to hug I'm such an ugly bug Then a spider and a dragonfly replied If you're serious and want to win a bride Come along with us to the glorious annual ugly bug ball Come on, let's crawl, gotta crawl, gotta crawl To the ugly bug ball, to the ball, to the ball And a happy time we'll have there One and all at the ugly bug ball the crickets clicked their tricky melodies all the ants were fancy dancing with the fleas then up from under the ground the worms came squirming around oh they danced until their legs were nearly lame every little crawling creature you could name everyone was glad what a time they had they were so happy they came Come on, let's crawl to the ugly bug ball And a happy time we'll have there One and all at the ugly bug ball Our caterpillar saw a pretty queen She was beautiful in yellow, black and green He said, would you care to dance? Their dancing led to romance Then she sat upon his caterpillar knees And he gave his caterpillar queen a squeeze Soon they'll honeymoon Build a big cocoon Thanks to the ugly bug ball Come on, let's crawl, gotta crawl, gotta crawl To the ugly bug ball, to the ball, to the ball And a happy time we'll have there One and all at the ugly bug ball Siskel and Ebert review Bob Hoskins as a private eye Hired to find out who framed Roger Rabbit Teresa Russell plays an Albanian king in a segment of Aria and John Candy gets an unwelcome vacation visit from Dan Aykroyd in the great outdoors. It's all coming up next on Siskel and Ebert. Ah! How the hell did you get in here? Through the mail slot. I thought it would be best if I waited inside. See if I'm wanted for murder. No kidding. Now, notice there how realistically the animation is combined with the real world. It looks like Roger Rabbit is really there in the human universe. And look at the way here that real water and a cartoon rabbit interact in this scene as the bad guys come looking for Roger and Hoskins hides him. Okay, wise guy. Where's the rabbit? I'm seen it. What's in there? My lingerie. <laughs> See, I am... <laughs> 
Roger Rabbit has a sexy wife named Jessica who is briefly suspected of trying to frame him. She's a singer who performs at the famous Ink and Paint Club. Listen to her voice here. It was dubbed by Kathleen Turner. I'd do anything for my husband, Mr. Valiant. Anything. The cartoon characters are named Toons in this movie, and one of the things that makes them different from humans is that their lives are governed by the cliches of animated cartoons. That explains how and why Roger can get out of those handcuffs. Has this helped? Yeah, thanks. Do you mean to tell me that you could have taken your hand out of that cuff at any time? No, not at any time. Only when it was funny. Come on, Eddie, raise your sense of humor. He always is funny or only on days when he's wanted for murder? You are now invited to enjoy the world premiere of World of Color. Hello everyone, this is Jamie at the Artist Corner, welcoming you back to another segment and to a new year and a new show. Now the beginning of this segment, we're going to be talking about what's called construction lines of a sketch. What are the construction lines and what do they mean? Construction lines are used as the basic foundation of when creating a Disney sketch, and gives you the basic shapes and sizes. The construction lines help the integrity of the character so they can look the way they're supposed to. The construction lines are used as what we call basically guidelines to help shape a character. Now one of the most important parts in creating a Disney character or sketch is the integrity of the character and how they look. So certainly the construction lines are there to map out and help size the character. Now in this week's Artist Spotlight goes to Isaac Kropp of the Walt Disney World Resort. Isaac is a cast member of the Animation Academy and we'll talk about the construction lines at hand what we've talked about in the construction and drawing sketch of Mickey Mouse. We're going to draw Mickey Mouse and we're going to use basic shapes to help us out with this. We're going to start with a circle. And if I go around enough times I have a decent sized circle here and a nice circle shape. And uh, we're basically using our shoulder and our elbow as a hinge. Try to keep my hand very still. Once I get the shape down, this is a foundation for the drawing. I'm going to place in some construction lines. And these lines basically help us map out the character's eyes, nose, mouth, and ears. Now what I like to do personally is go ahead and work out the proportions for the character, which his face is more like a quarter, shape of a, uh, the size of a quarter, let's think of that proportion-wise, and then two dimes. But then what I like to do sometimes is draw ovals but still keep the proportions, once again, like a quarter and two dimes. Now my next step is to go to the center. I'm going to draw like an olive or a grape lying on its side. Just think of a circle. I'm going to pull it from the left and right and create an oval. And there's a line that's going to follow that curve of the oval right there. Right? And let's think of the dimples, like in the smile. Kind of like when we're smiling, we have dimples. A nice happy face. 
and we're going to open up his mouth. Just break that circle just a little bit, and then I'm going to go on the inside of his mouth. And think of this as a letter M. His initials are actually in his design. This is our first M. That's good. And we're going to draw another line. It's more like of a curved line following inside of his mouth. Give us the thickness of his lower lip or his chin. I'm going to draw a nice curved line that's going to follow the circle all the way down to his mouth that easily right there. There we go. And this character isn't that hard to do because whatever I do on the left side, I'm going to do on the right and vice versa. Now the next step is to put his other M in. So we have Mickey Mouse. These are little steps we use to help ourselves out because when you're usually working in production or you're working on a character like, like this one, Mickey Mouse, you can have usually 30 or 40 people trying to get the character just right. So these references help all of us keep the character. It's a model of the drawing. And of course, his eyes, I'm going to save them for last. And once again, we're going to think of the circle and pull the circle from the top and the bottom, stretch it out to make a nice oval, just sitting right there on the inside of that line. And you'll notice I left some space in between his eyes. So imagine imagine there's an eye sitting there. That'll give us the perfect space for his eyes there. And the same thing, we're gonna make some ovals. And right now we have a lot of lines, but if we go back and darken in the pupils, bring some life into the character. All I'm gonna do is go back and darken in his nose, put a little oval in there. Sometimes people put in rectangles. Just a bent rectangle in there. And I'm going to darken the inside of his mouth, his mask, and his ears. And now you can draw Mickey Mouse. You can give it a try. All you have to do is use your basic shapes, and uh, you'll have a nice Mickey Mouse. All right. Thanks, Isaac, for the step-by-step -step process in creating a sketch of Mickey Mouse using construction lines. Now on to some Disney Artist Showcase news. Elver at the Art of Disney at the Downtown Disney Marketplace, the Walt Disney Resort, join us to welcome celebrated Disney Design Group artist, Monty Melovin. He'll be appearing at the Art of Disney at the Downtown Disney Marketplace for a special event and signing of his newest masterpieces, Mickey and his pal Duffy, Mickey and his pal Figment, and Mickey and his pal Florida Orange Bird. The dates and times are Friday, January 18th and Saturday, January 19th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Now in the next installment of the Artist Corner, we're going to concentrate and talk about a little bit more about the animation process. So on behalf of myself and DizRadio.com, we'll see you real soon. Break. Ladies and gentlemen, a fresh new graduate from RAP State University, having graduated from a cum loud, very loud, Mr. DJ Goof. Hit it! Now he's a DJ and he's gone to school to learn the golden rule about scratching. In fashion, spinning records on the spool, he's gonna do his best and put it to the test. And the rest is up to the beat. Now let me see which button do I press. I must confess I don't have the mess. Hey, Mickey, get me out of this mess. Now where do I leave that box of records? Loose wire doing it. Ah, 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 ah. Break. 
This DJ stuff is tough. Well, I think the fact that he's on this track's not exact. Leave the best idea, but it's back. Yeah, by WD, don't you see? It's for the mouse MC, so he'll give a try. The old college, why? He's a graduate from a university. R.A.P. alumni, that's me. But you can call me Goof J.D. DJ Goof. Oh, I mean DJ Goof. Oh, you'll do. DJ Goof. DJ J.D. D-Heads, when you aren't enjoying Disney On Demand, head on over to DizRadio.com and listen to our famous Lifetime of Disney player, where you can while away the hours reliving Disney classics from film, television, and the parks. What are you waiting for? Keep your hands and arms inside at all times and go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. And have a magical day. Snookums, don't cry. Mommy will only be gone for an hour. Uncle Roger will take care of you. And everything's going to be just fine. Not like last time! Don't worry about a thing. I've learned my lesson. I'm a reformed rabbit, a better bunny, a happy hare. You don't want to get your old pal Roger in trouble, do you? I know. Look, it's a bright, shiny rattle. <laughs> ah, Somebody call 18 Heads, this is Tony Casanova from DisneyByTheNumbers.com with this week's Top 5 Things You Did Not Know About the Walt Disney World Railroad. Number 5. Seven cars make a complete train set. One locomotive, one tender, and five passenger cars. Number 4. Three cast members man each train. That's one conductor, one engineer, and one fireman. Number 3. 1.5 miles is the total journey that takes approximately 20 minutes. Number two, 664 gallons of 
fuel is carried in the tender. And the number one thing you do not know about the Walt Disney World Railroad is 1,837 gallons of water is also carried in the tender. Thanks, and we'll see you in the parks. Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. All right, LVG heads, so I hope you enjoyed the D-Team, and thank you once again for Jamie and Tony for stopping in with their signature segments, all of our fun here at the show, and many other things. So before we just get that much closer to having the one and only science man, comedian, and voice actor of Roger Rabbit, Charles Fleischer, stopping in here at the show, we're going to get into just a little bit more news here at Disney On Demand, and let's jump right into an urban explorer. Yes, Adam the Woo, as he calls himself, an avid Disney fan, as many of us are. We're all Disney fans. We've loved the Disney parks, and for many of us that aren't part of the cast, the crew, or a cast member, you always just want to go that little bit deeper and find out more from behind the scenes, lost gems, and more. Well, Adam the Woo, Adam the Urban Explorer, has now been banned from Disney for life. That's right. We have the video posted on our official blog at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. Now, from backstage items to other hidden gems, he felt the need to see these. He went to many other places that is restricted, and many people may say it is harmless fun. He just went behind the scenes, but nonetheless, he was trespassing, and Disney slapped him with a trespassing notice, and he is banned from the Walt Disney Resort grounds for life. Yes, the truth is, he was trespassing in the end, and as many of us have enjoyed his videos, I've watched his videos on YouTube as well, as much as many of us have, you know, he really was ballsy in going into some of these areas, and as he tells us, now you can only watch his Disney Dozen, since he won't be able to make any more, since he was banned, you know, go back, check them all out. Now, Adam the Urban Explorer, you can find out more about this, you can see the videos on our website at DizRadio.com, and... You know, what are your thoughts about this? What are your comments? You know, was it harmless fun? Should he have been banned forever or whatnot? Like I said, nonetheless, he was trespassing. But what are your thoughts of it, all VD heads? Now, shifting gears and going into game shows and television, how about Wheel of Fortune? Now, Wheel of Fortune is celebrating its 30th season. That's right, 30 years here on the air. And Wheel of Fortune and Disney are coming together to make magical memories for contestants and at-home viewers. Now, it's Disney time at Wheel of Fortune, as America's favorite game show and Disney Magic are coming together for its 30th anniversary. Wheel of Fortune Making Disney Memories Week is going to begin airing January 28th through February 1st. 2013. It's going to feature a custom set including three different scenes depicting Sleeping Beauty's castle, Cinderella's castle, and the Disney Dream cruise ship. Additionally, Disney is going to be providing iconic elements from the Disney parks, including a Disney teacup from the Mad Teacup Party Attractions, Lightning McQueen from the new Cars Land at Disney's California Adventure, and a pirate ship from Peter Pan's Flight and a Dumbo car from Dumbo the Flying Elephant. Now, the show that's hosted by Pat Sajak and Vanna White is going to be greeted by many Disney characters as well. Now, during that week of shows, Wheel of Fortune contestants can win magical vacations from Disney parks to Disney cruise lines. Now, this is both for at-home viewers and contestants in the show. Now, they're going to have a variety of different things from Walt Disney World Resort, Disney California Adventure, Animal Kingdom, and more, including alternate prizes including Honda and Chevrolet models of all new cars. Now the Wheel of Fortune Making Memories Sweepstakes encourages viewers to watch Making Disney Memories Week on Wheel of Fortune and enter each night's bonus puzzle at wheeloffortune.com. Now 10 winners will enjoy a vacation for four 
to the winner's choice of Walt Disney World Resort in Florida or the Disneyland Resort in California. Now, you can find out more about this at wheeloffortune.com. You can find out more also on our official website at disradio.com. Now, as we continue on talking about the parks and many other things, how about Limited Time Magic? Now, Limited Time Magic we talked about last time here at the show, and now they're adding all new things, including Winter Wonderland and the Bayou Bash. Now, the Winter Wonderland is taking place right now this week. It is kicking off January 14th through January 20th at the Walt Disney World Resort. And the Winter Wonderland is going to be taking place at the Canadian Pavilion at Epcot. Now, the Winter Wonderland is going to offer a variety of snow flurries and Disney characters available for meeting, greeting, photos and autographs from 10:30 a.m. to 2:10 p.m. and 3:05 p.m. to 5:45 p.m. Now over at the Disneyland Resort, they're going to be having the Bayou Bash featuring Princess Tiana and Louis the Alligator from Disney's Princess and the Frog. Now remember, you can listen to Louis the Alligator as our guest on Disney on Demand show number two. Now this Mardi Gras style party is going to take place over four weekends, January 18th through the 21st, the 25th through the 27th, February 1st through February 3rd, and February 8th through the 12th. Now the Bash is going to feature a variety of different things including jazz music, street performers, Cajun food, and more. Now this is all just more of what's going to happen with the Limit Time Magic as you never know when these are exactly going to pop up. So all of you D-heads, I'm going to keep the rest of the news pretty minimal here, but before I let you go, as we take a break and we wait for Charles Fleischer to stop in here at the show, I do want to mention that we're looking for D-team members. If you are a D-team member out there, you're a listener, you're a D-head, and you have an idea for a show, a segment, or maybe you just want to write for the site, we are looking for D-team members, and you can contact us at DizRadio, that's D-I-Z Radio, at gmail.com. Now go through and just shoot us an email. You don't have to be a professional, you just have to have a love of Disney. And we're looking for people to bring on as bloggers, maybe segments on the show, or what is the show missing? What would you like to hear more of? Shoot us an email, and maybe we can tackle it. Even if you don't want to be part of the D-team, maybe there's something the show is missing, Contact us, let us know, and see what we can do. Now, also, kicking off next week, we're going to have a magical contest every single week here at Disney On Demand. That's right, you heard me correct. Every single week, we're going to be giving away a variety of Disney prizes. And we're going to announce more about that over the course of the next week on the website and on the show next week. So before I let you go, I just want to thank you all once again for tuning in. And remember, you're not going to hear our D-team member Lexi from Down Under once again because she is visiting the Walt Disney World Resort. She's shifted overseas and came to America to check out the Walt Disney World Resort. So I'm going to stop my rambling. I'm going to take a drink. And when I come back, all of you D-heads, we're going to have the one and only Charles Fleischer here at the show. Be right back. Give me man 
simple idea of making a film in which cartoon characters and humans live side by side. What it turned into was one of the largest motion picture productions ever. It took the combined effort of over 700 of the industry's most talented people to bring the film to the screen. And leading the drive was director Robert Zemeckis. And action! With his previous hit films, Romancing the Stone and Back to the Future, Zemeckis had proved he could handle large-scale pictures. But many had claimed that Who Framed Roger Rabbit was a film that no one could pull off. Those are the only films worth doing, are the ones that are risky. So, I mean, I decided to spend two years of my life on this film because it's challenging. To create the zany world in which Roger lives, Zemeckis looked to the past for his inspiration. For he and executive producer Steven Spielberg, the film was a tribute to the pioneers of animation who came before. You know, I and a lot of my generation have been influenced profoundly by the films of Walt Disney, especially the films from the 30s, 40s, and right to the 50s. And I really feel that this is a movie that we're making for Walt. As a source of inspiration for a generation of filmmakers, Walt Disney is regarded by many as the premier innovator of his day. In the 1930s... Oh, my siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Hey, Michael, me amigo, pay attention, it's show time. So it is. Pierre, you rascal, you. Let's put on the show. Mon ami, I am always ready to put on the show. As is my good friend, Fritz. My goodness, you're all staring at us. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait. We forgot to wake up the glee club. Ole, ole, it's show time. In the tiki, 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 tiki room. In the tiki, 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 
Roger Rabbit 25th Anniversary Edition. I'm a tune. Tunes make people laugh. For the first time on eye-popping Blu-ray, it's the edge-of-your-seat thriller that hits like a ton of bricks. We tunes may act idiotic, but we're not stupid. It's groundbreaking. The whole thing stinks like yesterday's diapers. A technically amazing feat. Allow me, mademoiselle. It says rabbit sees stars, not birds. Stars! Can we lose the playback, please? I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. And that's not all. There's also three digitally restored shorts. What a genius! Catch Who Framed Roger Rabbit 25th Anniversary Edition <laughs> for the first time on Blu-ray. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, we're back once again for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been asking you, who do you want to hear from? Who do you want to have here on the show? And you've sent us your requests over and over again, and one name kept popping up. You may have seen him all over television. You've seen him as a stand-up comic, but all of you Disney fans out there know him as none other than Roger Rabbit. We have the one, the only, Charles Fleischer with us here. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Thank you very much, Mr. Johnson. I am very, very grateful for the opportunity to speak to you and your widespread audio and, in some cases, perhaps even video audience. 
<laughs> it is our pleasure having you on. As I mentioned, you know, the fans have spoken. They wanted to get you on. And, you know, Roger just has a cult following of himself. You have this huge fan base. And, you know, it is an honor having you on the show finally. Well, it's, you know, for me, it's a privilege to be involved with anything like Roger Rabbit, just to work in an industry that is now I guess you know speaking of you know television film movies being an actor you know let's go way back and you know what led you down that path and you know becoming uh, you know a full-fledged actor and you know just you know heading down this path in life well when I was a little kid I used to uh, I had a tape recorder and I would buy sound effects records and create different little stories and make up voices and use sound effects as a background. Uh, it's like circus music or just the sound of the airplane engine. So I was headed in that direction as something that was fun to do. So it was the kind of the, the uh, that whole experience and the whole, you know, just trying to create that and really just get into that, uh, I guess, the old-time radio style where you're telling a story through sound effects and, and noises and sounds and uh, cartoon voices. Well, today, if I was a kid today, I would just it would be you know making little videos. But uh, you know the tools that you have, like kids today, it's uh, they have so many iPad tools and different technological devices that allow them to just take it to another level. But it's still based on that same concept of performing. When I was a kid, and I used to I remember I used to think that what if there were aliens watching the Earth in some way, and that if they were watching me, if I were entertaining them, if I were being entertaining them, that it may come and give me a gift or something. Well, you know, it, it's good to have that kind of imagination, though. It, it really has to spark things and, you know, just, uh, I guess, keeps the juices flowing. Well, you know, that's really about the perception of life and what you're told and and your belief system that gets set up allows you to either follow a, a path that leads to creation and allows for just, you know, just playing, you know, like a kid. Oh, just changing, you know, going from one thing to another. Or just sometimes you feel like you want to be just, you know, more like someone else. Well, then there's never really a purpose behind the whole thing. But sometimes you can realize there's a diversity that just is spontaneous. Not necessarily continuous, but at least respect of the people. No, this is not the problem. But the motivation for nuance and articulation of direct communication. <laughs> I hope that answers your question, my brother. Sometimes I tend to wander a bit, but I think that gets to the point of your matter. Most definitely. Now, you know, I, you know, when you uh, led down this path, of course, uh, a lot of people uh, may also remember you from Welcome Back, Cotter. Now, going back to those kind of days, um, how was it to be on this kind of show that now has a place in television history uh, that you know everybody loves? I mean, it, it's a show that has just gone down from generation to generation. That was really, uh, really exciting for me because it was, it was a show that was already on the air when I got onto it and it was really popular with John Travolta and Gabe Kaplan and, uh, Bobby Hedges and, 
Bradley and Juan Paleo, and, and it was just a lot of fun, you know. And it was exciting to be in that kind of environment. That was really the first show where I had came uh, like a semi-regular. Well, is it the kind of thing, too, now where you look back at, you know, TV land or past episodes and you just kind of look back at yourself and it, it has this wow factor still? Or is that something that, uh, as an artist, you try not to do? Oh, no, it's, uh, it's just uh, like a photograph or uh, a part of the, of the record that you have. Um, I was on a Barney Miller. I did a lot of those early television shows. And uh, it's just great. To, you know, there's a, a record of some sort, but that's just part of the, the nature of media, you know, things that just, they accumulate before, you know, the early 1900s, uh, there were lots of show business, but you, there was no way to record it, so we didn't really know about a lot of the great show business people from the past. Right, you know, and now it really does get passed down from generation to generation. And, you know, like I said, your career has spanned many different films, many TV appearances. And I know many of our Disney fans are waiting for us to talk about Roger Rabbit. And with the Blu-ray coming out and it's the anniversary, I guess, let's just go back to, you know, that great time, 1988. And, you know, when you were approached for Roger Rabbit and, you know, how did you land that role of doing this iconic a uh, crazy out of the box character that nobody expected to be such a big hit. Well, uh, the director Bob Zemeckis had seen me do my stand up, uh, which I still do. I'll be in Tahoe uh, this coming week, and I'll be in Las Vegas at the end of January. And uh, he saw my act, and in my act, I do lots of you know, so was doing before just different characters. And, you know, just into like doing different people. You know, he could see that I could do people, you know, and do them funny in a way. And he called me in to first read with the actors that were being chosen to uh, audition for the Eddie Valiant part. So I read Roger off stage when they were doing their audition. Uh, making their screen test because they did screen tests because the actor had to be proficient at acting with nothing and having it appear something was there. Uh, Hoskins was really good at that. Now, when uh, when he approached you for the character itself and the character of Roger, is that something that uh, you kind of developed into your own, or did he have a direction of what the character was going to be? Um, you know, how did you tackle Roger overall in terms of the zaniness, the kookiness? Um, you know, is, is is Roger you? I guess. Well, to an extent, it's uh, you know any character's combination of what is written and what is performed by the actor, but uh, it was just really, uh, the process took a little while, because when I first did it, I just was doing a voice, and then when I saw what the character looked like, that modified what I thought the voice would be, because the character has to speak in a way that is consistent with their body type. You're not supposed to roll a little voice out. You can't be too big of a person. 
sizes depended on tone. So Roger had a certain appearance, but they told me after I'd already gotten the job that they wanted him to have a speech impediment because uh, there was an idea that all the great tune characters had some kind of uh, a speech impediment of some kind. And they uh, did some tests with kind of that whistling. Uh, and then it was the, I came up with the, uh, the <laughs> that aspect of, of it. And that was incorporated in the animation. So like anything, it's a collaboration. You know, Richard Williams, uh, the animator, is, is an extraordinarily talented man who whose animation skill really is the other part of the acting performance that I did to uh, create the character. That visual aspect with uh, the genius of, of his hand and mind really is what makes it, I think, a really effective character. Oh, most definitely. You know, and you know, like you said, it's you, know, you do so many voices. You did so many voices in that film alone. Um, you know, Benny the Cab has got his own following as well, and you know, you were able to change your voice so many times for that film. And you know, like you said, for your stand-up comedy and that. Um, after the film was released, and it did, you know, got such great acclaim. Did you think that it was going to spawn off as much as it did with the cartoon shorts? And uh, I believe there was some sing-alongs in there and so many other things. And, uh, you know, Roger just ended up having a life of his own for quite some time. I was uh, surprised that they never, they left for this that they haven't done uh, a sequel. Right. Uh, but I always felt that it was uh, that, you know, Bob Zemeckis and... You know, the whole team, like I said, including Richard Williams, that they created this character, Roger Rabbit. It seemed as though he already existed because it was done in, in kind of the 40s. So uh, it seemed like, well, yeah, I was part of it. If I could remember that, that was Roger Rabbit. It just, it was new, but it seemed to blend in with the tradition of animation that already existed. Right, you know, and rumor has it that, you know, I guess all over the internet, and of course everyone says, if you hear it on the internet, it must be true, but the rumor was that there is a sequel script floating around and whatnot. Is that anything that uh, you are aware of? That's been happening for a long time, but it's, you know, rumors are rumors. I don't know you think we try, but just the way, what I was saying before about, you know, you could have like SpongeBob or Rain and Stimpy or any uh, new cartoon character that comes out, uh, but the fact that Roger incorporated those classical aspects of animation, really added to its effect on people. It was, it was kind of simultaneously old and new. Definitely. You know, he has that classic quality about him that you felt like he's been around and you grew up watching him. Yeah, well, it was based on, on those classic uh, kind of the tune icon. The tune icon, you know, it's like, it's like tune, some kind of fish. <laughs> now, you know, with the 25th anniversary coming out and everybody enjoying the film, um, do you expect to see another resurgence in Roger Rabbit? And I guess, uh, personally, do you hope to see him back uh, in the Disney parks and whatnot as, uh, you know, Disney tends to be throwing back to a lot of the uh, older forgotten characters now with the likes of Dick Tracy and Roger Rabbit now and things like that? Uh, you know, uh, any character that I've been a part of, I embrace the idea of continuing and just, you know, 
doing this when I'm responsible. <laughs> you know, I think Roger is, uh, you know, I'm part of who I, I am in a way. Not really, of course, me, but yeah, and he keeps you kidding me. <laughs> it is very bizarre sometimes. Um, when uh, somebody wrote something on the internet because of my uh, interest in science and my, I did a presentation. Have you ever heard of the TED Talks, uh, Technology, Entertainment, and Design? Okay, they, it's a series of uh, talks that have a website and it. It's really interesting people doing about 18 minutes. And I did one that uh, was online about uh, a discovery I have called Molides, which is a um, mathematical system based on prime number reciprocals that I've been working on for over 30 years. And um, you could watch that if you went to TED.com and see it. And it's based on something called Molides. So uh, someone wrote this thing about uh, me being the rabbit, as something, as a reference in the matrix or something, and that I have this mathematical system called Molides and the rabbit, and that whole connection, it, which I found very amusing and uh, quasi-mythological in a kind of glossy sci-fi way. <laughs> well, you know, I guess... Hello? Yep, I'm here. I think that's just looking, you know, through these cell phones, it's always good. A lot of times, just go, hello, hello, that <laughs> guy. There's no one on the line. Hello, I told you we all play them play cards. Hello, <laughs> hey, you know, there you were. Your name is also a baseball player and a sweet ass ice hockey player, and also a founder of a of an art museum. I think my parents have cursed me with it. No, I think it's very, uh, very cool. And as I said, there have been many uh, famous uh, people other than yourself. Well, hopefully I can go down. Yeah, hopefully I can go down that path and uh, uh, get that kind of recognition. Yeah, it's just. uh, I mean, there was really only one Jack Benny. There's definitely you have a a very uh, amazing. A series of uh, people. The American painter and founder of the Metropolitan Museum of Art was Jonathan Johnson and a uh, baseball pitcher in 1974 and of course the ice hockey player and the United States athletes for the 204 Olympics. All Jonathan Johnsons. Do you know what the chances are? There's no, there's only the Charles Fleischer. I think it's a dentist and I think maybe somebody working in in the skunk museum in the sand gosh. <laughs> well, you know, I guess, uh, 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 you know, speaking of names and, uh, you know, uh, yourself as well, now, aside from just doing voices, um, you're also an author and you've written a paper as well and uh, um, worked on, on that aspect of things in terms of, you know, science and whatnot, which I think is fun. I love science growing up from Mr. Wizard to, you know, even in the 90s, had Bill Nye the Science Guy and even, uh, you know, all the old people, you know, it, seriously, it's science has always been something that is definitely fun, uh, you know, and science fiction, everybody loves it, I guess. Can you tell us more about uh, what led you down that path and what this paper is all about? Well, I've always uh, had a love of science. In fact, I've always considered myself a scientist um, and an artist as well. And that when I woke up in the morning, the artist 
part of my being would say, what a beautiful day, and the scientist part of my being would say, yes, but how does it work? <laughs> I have um, a patent on an invention that I um, brought into my world, which is a golden ratio measuring device. Are you familiar with the golden ratio? A golden ratio or the golden section is a mathematical proportion divides a line into two parts, uh, and you could see it if you just look at one of your fingers from the knuckle to the first joint and that joint to the second joint, that division of space is at the golden section point, and then you, it's the same thing for the next knuckle to the tip of your finger, and it's all through nature, credit cards are based on it, the galaxy that we are existing in, the spirals are in that ratio, and uh, I invented a device that identifies it and measures it. And also, I have my Moly system, and just recently I wrote a paper about a discovery that I've made concerning gamma ray bursts. Gamma ray bursts are the largest display of energy in the universe. They outshine everything. Discovered accidentally in the 60s, they have been theorized to be everything from a comet falling into a neutron star to the death of a black hole. Um, and there's no conclusive proof that has been reached. I wrote a paper that indicates that they are not random based on the sequential measurement of angles that results from taking one gamma ray burst and following the line to the next to the next and doing that sequentially forms angles that um, give patterns that are not random. It's uh, Cornell University has a website called archive.org and my paper is uh, published there. Uh, Ten sequential gamma ray burst nullify randomness. It is very exciting. If the theory is correct, Jonathan, it will change certain perceptions that we have now about science. Of course, it is possible that my hypothesis will be disproven. But if I am right, it could be extraordinarily exciting for me and all of the people that are close to me. Well, you know, I think it's the kind of thing, like you said, that it's, you know, it's something that was discovered and now you've uncovered this paper and you said people can read it at archive.org, which I know I'm definitely going to check this out uh, just because, you know, one, of course, you know, you're an actor, a comedian and everything else. And then now you have this scientific, you know, how does it work? And now you're uncovering something completely new. Um, You know, it's it really is a big jump. Now, is science something that you've loved your entire life? Uh, Yes. It is. And I used to also consider it a big jump until I read a book by Arthur Kessler called The Act of Creation. And in it, he compares a comedian and a scientist because they both perform what he called a bi-associative act. That is to say, bringing together two things that weren't previously connected. For instance, in my act, I used to do an impression of a Japanese Bob Dylan. And when those two things came together, it was uh, funny. Uh, so in science, there was um, uh, electricity and magnetism, and then Maxwell, electromagnetic spectrum.
spectrum, he kind of brought those two together, and that's kind of the punchline. So when I read uh, what Kessler had written, it made me feel that liking and loving science and comedy was not so odd and at disparate ends. So, but it is something that a lot of people aren't able to deal with readily, and I think that's true for lots of artists and people that do things that are from their creative soul, as opposed to just copying other people, you know, like, you doing cover sounds or writing your own tunes. Well, you know, I think it is unique to find out that, you know, they do work together in this parallel kind of universe that, you know, there is a science to comedy and and vice versa. So that is something that, uh, you know, I've never thought of before. And, you know, you are right. It probably, it it really does work together. And it is hard for artists to, you know, I guess, embrace that. Well, you know, it's either something that's part of, uh, of your modality, that's part of your methodology that either works or it doesn't. I think all of the arts have parallels, you know, based on discipline, whether you're learning to play an instrument and learning the structure of music, or whether you're painting and learning the different frequencies of light and which colors are balanced and blended and tritones and quadrants to produce harmony. And all of those, and as an actor, you know, just learning the different harmonies of human emotion and how to play them as though you were in an orchestra. All those things follow the dynamics of, of discipline and expressing things that are within your soul. Very cool. Like, yeah, I mean, it's... uh it is a different way to look at it, and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners now are are sitting there pondering this, thinking entirely different, and I encourage everybody. No, it's good to ponder, isn't it? Because, you know, like, like um, Bonanza, it's a ponderosa, but anything that makes you think, you know, makes you think you're thinking, it's just better to, to take a step back or step forward and look around. So they want you see. You may discover something inside yourself, something that you never knew about, that one shared with the world could make everyone turn to the love, love of the nation. Hello? Guys, we lost the line! Well, you know, it's uh, you know, we don't want to keep you too long. Now, I guess uh, pushing along here, one more thing: you are still a stand-up comic, and you, like you said, you're still doing shows, and uh, you know, everybody loves to check you out. Where are you going to be able to? Uh, I guess where can our listeners uh, check you out in the next couple of weeks and whatnot? And where can they find you on all the social media outlets? Well, that for you, by the way, um, Ryan Seacrest. Has anyone ever told you have similar vocal features? I know they haven't. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's your rhythm. It's uh, I I can definitely hear it, and uh, it's very complimentary from my point of view. You know, I think you're. I never met you, but you yeah you have good questions and you have good energy and you keep it moving. But it's uh, uh, it's good, <laughs> very good. I think. Um, but um, as far as your question. Uh, Starting on, uh, I don't know if this will be air because we're in a time of space right now, moving far above the Earth so that uh, time here will change when we return. 
But at Lake Tahoe at Harvey's, I'll be there this week. And then the last week of January, I'll be at Harris in Las Vegas. Uh, last week of January and the beginning of February. And that is um, the recent things that are futuristically approaching. Very cool. Now, uh, I guess before... Did you ever go to uh, Las Vegas? Uh, only one time so far. I'm shooting to get out there again. I've been there one time, and uh, I'm shooting to get out there some more, uh, you know, for a couple of different things. Uh, uh, Tahoe is also really nice. It's a uh, different environment of being up in, up in the mountains. And you're in Milwaukee? Uh, right on the outskirts of Milwaukee, yes. So we're about 20 minutes from uh, Milwaukee. And the Milwaukee is an Indian name, yes. What is the meaning of Milwaukee? Okay, so let's just say you had to make something up, make up two things. What would you say Milwaukee is? I would say that it's based off of an Indian tribe that probably settled down in this area. Yes, the Milwaukee's. <laughs> they were they were friends with the Mahukis, and they were friends with the Kabukis, and the Kabukis used makeup and went to Japan. Milwaukee could also be a. Uh, it's a small bug, the little mill bug, and when it walks, it makes this funny sound. It was like the river. Uh, Milwaukee could also be um, a river, a white river, because the river flowing was white river to the Indian. Milwaukee. Right. Well, for all of us, it's known as beer. It's the beer town. Well, beer town is in places a bottle opener, my brother. <laughs> Well, you know, it was our pleasure having you on. I appreciate, uh, you know, the time stopping in. I know all of our listeners are, you know, very excited to hear from you. You know, your name has been at the top of the list for many weeks with all of our emails from all of our listeners. And, you know, I know at the 25th anniversary of Roger Rabbit, you know, hitting the road on tour with your uh, comedy and stand-up, you know, I'm sure uh, we're going to be seeing a lot more of you. And uh, I'm sure the fan base is going to continue to grow. And uh, thank you once again for stopping in. Hey, thank you, Mr. Rand. I appreciate your professional and your dignified attitude towards all of my slap hazard Maswali. <laughs> and remember, all things are no leads. Oh, and on our Facebook, Charles Fleischer, and uh, um, Chaz Fleischer is uh, on Twitter, C-H-A-S, Fleischer. And uh, I, I do tweet, by the way. Very good. We'll make sure to add you to that and also link to you know all those different places on Facebook, Twitter, um, and any other links that we have for your IMDb and whatnot for everybody to connect up with you. Yeah, that's cool, man, because like on Instagram, you know, I'm Moleads2737. Moleads, that's my mathematical thing, and I talk about it a lot because it's just uh, so strange that I have this, I found this mathematical system that has to do with the number 27 and 37 and a mathematician in austria saw the ted presentation i spoke of previously and uh built these little engines that run on a mathematical which is a program that let you see the development of these moldy systems into much higher orders than i uh, could do initially just with you know my calculator cool man I, you have to talk about it a long time but you know what we both have other things to do, and this is just radio. This is not like, you know, like an encyclopedia. <laughs> well, you know, maybe we'll just have to get you back, and we can have, uh, you know, an entire, uh, you know, science hour on Diz Radio. Hey, that would be a privilege, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you very much.
<laughs> well, it was our pleasure having you on. Thank you once again. Tapers, I sure do love fairs, especially going on all the rides. No, 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 baby Fanny, it's much too little to go on the rides. I... Oh, look, a psychic. Roger, I'm going to have my palm read, so you stay here and watch Baby Herbert. Huh? No, no, not that. Anything but that. <laughs> Please, time Roger, do you stay here with Baby, or it's rabbit stew for dinner. Okay, okay. Anything you say, Mama Dearest. Why, you know me, I just love watching Baby. Why, I'm a regular super sitter. Boy, that was close. Let us imagine you tie your balloon up, and that way you'll never lose it. Disney Blues, Disney on Demand.
My siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC82. Confirmed. Hey gang, it's Jason again. Happy New Year and welcome to a brand new year and a new season here on Disney On Demand and down here in the vault. What a year it's been. We've seen some great things come from the House of Mouse over the last 12 months, either in theaters, a la Wreck-It Ralph, direct Blu-ray with Tink and her friends, or classics coming home on Blu-ray and DVD like Cinderella, Lady and the Tramp, and The Lion King. What a great year. And might I say, The Vault is going to get even bigger this year with the great releases I see on the horizon. Peter Pan, Little Mermaid, and today's film as well. So in honor of the maestro of the mouth and tune hit himself, Charles Fleischer, or as we D-heads know him best as Roger Rabbit, I'm dusting off my original Laserdisc, and yes, it still works and looks just as good as it did in 1989, but the original DVD release as well of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So put your seatbelts on and give Benny the Cab the green light as we drive into this unique movie experience. Imagine taking all the things you love about Disney, animation, live action adventure, music and memorable characters, Toss it into a blender with the bits and pieces from some other companies and genres that you know and love. And you come up with Touchstone Pictures and Amblin Entertainment's 1988 masterpiece, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. The story loosely based on the novel Who Censored Roger Rabbit by Gary K. Wolfe was eagerly purchased by the Walt Disney Company not too long after it was purchased back in, believe it or not, 1981. Imagine the film, a groundbreaking piece of cinema, I must say, being done back then it would have paled in comparison to what we know today. The film, uh, which was highly courted, of course, by Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg at the time, was going to help Disney break out of its funk, and it did. If it weren't for the urgings of a young Jeffrey Katzenberg to Mr. Eisner himself to continue on with the project, a project that, believe it or not, was going to be scrapped for a multitude of reasons, budget, talent, and time being the majority of it, Innovations in animation as well as live-action filming would be pushed back for many years and probably not done by the company we know and love. Finally, after much feuding and a lot of technical know-how, this marvel of a film was released on June 22, 1988 with high praise. So much so that it won four Academy Awards, Best Film Editing, Best Sound Effects Editing, Best Visual Effects, and Special Achievements in Animation Direction. From that point, Mickey gained a brand new friend in Roger Rabbit. Imagine, it's Hollywood, 1947. The stars couldn't get any brighter. Well, they could, but with all the light pollution, you're lucky to see the Big Dipper in Hollywood. Imagine the same era where our favorite stars, Gable, Garbo, and the Marx Brothers, all know the other stars, Donald, Daffy, and Woody. Woodpecker, that is. Uh, that's right. In Hollywood, the toon stars walk hand-in-hand hand with the real stars of the silver screen. Literally. Toontown is their home, just a tunnel's drive away. The biggest studio of its day was Maroon Studios, run by R.K. Maroon. Its biggest star, the lovable Roger Rabbit. Along with his wife, Jessica, voiced by Kathleen Turner. Just remember, she's not bad. She's just drawn that way. And co-star Baby Herman, the trio made Mr. Maroon renowned. Everything was going great, until Roger believes Jessica is cheating on him. He decides to call on the best detective in town, Eddie Valiant, played by Bob Hoskins. 
The Valiant Detective Agency was known far and wide as always willing to help the Toon community. That is until Eddie's brother Teddy was killed by a Toon. Eddie doesn't trust Toons at all, but things aren't going well for Eddie, and he reluctantly takes the case. Eddie takes a few pictures of Jessica and Marvin Acme, owner of the Acme Corporation and Toontown, playing a little patty cake, and never play patty cake with a married woman. This puts Roger over the edge. All his suspicions were correct. He runs off hurt and confused. During this time, Marvin is killed, and with Roger's recent actions, makes him the prime suspect for murder. Still on the case, Eddie goes to the crime scene to help free Roger. There he meets Judge Doom, a Disney villain brilliantly played by Doc Brown himself, Christopher Lloyd. Judge Doom and his vile henchmen, the Weasels, have come to clean up this little mess only a man of the Toons know how. Since Toons can't physically be harmed, Doom has created something that can erase them. Dip. The volatile green goo can remove any Toon from existence by merely dipping them in it. Why does Judge Doom, a human, care so much for the affairs of Toontown? Well, it all boils down to the Acme's will. Baby Herman believes that Marvin had left Toontown to the Toons. However, the will is missing. If it's not found by midnight, Toontown will be sold to Cloverleaf Industries. If that were to happen, Toontown would be demolished and the Toons would, ha would be no more. In all of the pictures that Eddie took of Roger, it shows that Mr. Acme had a piece of paper with him that could be his will on the night he was killed. Roger, knowing nowhere else to go, returns to Eddie's professing his innocence and handcuffs himself to Eddie. With no other option, Eddie not only is going to prove, reluctantly, who framed Roger Rabbit, but protect him from Judge Doom and his weasels. However, before leaving, Roger wants to write Jessica a poem to prove his love to her. Finally, getting a chance to talk with Jessica, Eddie learns that she was not having an affair at all with Acme. She was being blackmailed by Maroon. Being the great detective he is, Eddie speaks with Maroon. Come to find out, Maroon just sold his portion of the studio to Cloverleaf. Hmm. And the deal would only work if Acme would sell his gag factory as well. However, before his plan could continue, and any more conversation goes on, Maroon is shot. Eddie sees Jessica fleeing the scene. Thinking he has his killer, Eddie, again reluctantly, follows her into Toontown. Eddie, upon meeting most everyone in Toontown, finally catches up with Jessica. In true starlet form, she confesses everything to Eddie. How she truly loves Roger and would never do anything to harm him. How it was Judge Doom who was the murderer, not only of Acme, but of Maroon. And how it was Judge Doom who would do anything in his power to control Toontown. Like any good noir film, all of our heroes, Eddie, Roger, and Jessica, are captured by Doom. Jessica and Roger are dangling over a large vat of dip in Doom's latest creation, the Dipmobile. It is in their final moments that Doom reveals his plan. Not only does he own Cloverleaf, which he will dismantle and leave many without jobs, he will soon own Toontown, where he will soon dispatch his Dipmobile and destroy the town, leaving it a wasteland where he can build a freeway and many businesses so he can become rich. While Doom's story goes on and on and on and on and and on, Eddie uses many of Acme's gags to attempt to free himself. Upon doing so, he begins to perform an old vaudeville act. The act makes the weasels die of laughter. The leader, of course, is prone to his silliness. Instead, he dies in dip. Serves him right. As this goes on, the dipmobile is activated, spraying dip everywhere, and this large steamroller heading towards the wall that shields Toontown. Eddie finally confronts Doom. Doom gets caught in his own machine and flans him. Problem solved. 
<laughs> not quite. It is there we learn that not only is Doom a tune himself, but he is also the tune that killed Eddie's brother years ago. Eddie opens the drain on the Dipmobile and dissolves Doom. Talk about justice and sweet revenge. And saves all of Toontown. Finally getting a chance to clear the air, Roger gets his opportunity to read the poem to Jessica. Holding the paper up to the light, words begin to form. Roger had Acme's will the whole time. Being a true practical joker, Acme wrote his will in invisible ink. Gaining resolution over his brother's death and regaining his sense of humor, Eddie embraces his newfound friend and happily walks off into the hand-drawn sunset of Toontown to celebrate a well-deserved victory. With a well-written film like this, what could it do for the Walt Disney Company? If we step back in our time machines to the late 80s, the Walt Disney World Resort was opening something brand new, something it hasn't seen since 1982, a brand new park. With the fortitude of Disney's new CEO, Michael Eisner, the Disney MGM Studios were open on May of 1989. But what does that have to do with Roger? Well, this newly adopted character needed a home, and what better place to put him in than his natural environment? There were many winks and nods to the film throughout the area, from the Dipmobile to maroon cartoon billboards throughout the studio. There were three shorts even created in the animation studios now housed in the studios. Tummy Trouble, which played in front of Honey I Shrunk the Kids, Rollercoaster Rabbit, which played in front of Dick Tracy, and Trail Mix-Up, which was shown in front of A Far Off Place. There was even an attraction being worked on based on the film. Yes, an attraction did eventually get built, better known as Roger Rabbit's Toontown Spin, but nothing like what was being planned for the studios. He was even featured in this new nighttime parade, uh, something called the Main Street... Uh, no, 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 no. Spectra Magic. Everything seemed right for Disney. A man named Spielberg, a young ambitious man named Katzenberg, another director named Zemeckis, all coming together? Hmm. With E.T., Marty McFly, and Mickey Mouse all working in one room, what could go wrong? Nothing. Just start planning a sequel. Spielberg and his writing team wanted to tell the story of Roger's origin. Zemeckis wanted to push the envelope on new technologies to better the film. Eisner and his emerging team wanted to bring it all together. Well, without getting political and on my soapbox, which does help with my stature and I do love seeing over people's heads, let's just say everyone didn't like playing together in the sandbox and everyone parted ways. And soon, Roger was just another pretty bunny in the crowd. Even to the point about four years ago, uh, we were roaming the studios, and I overheard a kid asking his parents who that funny bunny was, referring to the billboard near Dinosaur Gerties. His parents couldn't answer him. With that being said, and as we approach the 25th anniversary of the film, we are starting to see the parties necessary to make Roger a more viable character back home once again, calling each other up and having playdates. Could Roger be making a comeback? I mean, if you go to California, you could never think he, was, he had ever left. The line for Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin is always long. And as I said earlier, this is a brand new year. So who knows what we'll see? It's all more reason for you to pick up the Blu-ray and DVD when it is re-released on March 12th. Again, to celebrate its 25th anniversary. So put your pre-orders in now. Now... Little has been revealed as to what special features will be available on the new release. However, if you do have a chance to find a copy prior to March, the Vista version of the film is a great version to have. It was actually the first DVD version to come out. 
The Laserdisc, of course, being the predecessor to the DVD, did not have special features, but it did hold every uh, inch of the film, and it was just as beautiful as the DVD version. So what would you receive if you got this DVD? It is a two-disc DVD. The first disc comes with the full-length feature, all three shorts, and a mini-documentary, Who Made Roger Rabbit? As well as a DVD game, which are always popular on these releases, Trouble in Toontown. The second disc is where you gain more of those special features and a lot of the fun that uh, you can learn more about the, the movie. It uh, is, again, comes with the movie, this time with the audio commentary, with Zemeckis, Frank Marshall, um, a lot of the directors and writers. Toontown Confidential gives you a viewing option of the intriguing facts and trivia of the movie itself. A deleted scene, the pig head sequence, which is quite funny. A before and after showing a split screen comparison of how the animation was added to the live action. Behind the ears, the true story of Roger Rabbit. It's more of a documentary about Roger himself. Tune stand in featurette showing how everyone stood in for the tunes. On set with Benny the Cab, it's making of use of Benny. And the Valiant Files is a set top disc set gallery. And it is, again, a great jam packed film on two discs. You can't go wrong. You would think that this was everything you needed to know about Roger, but something tells me that when it is re released on March 12th, there's going to be far more to be expected. I'm looking forward to it. Well, the popcorn's empty and the curtain's coming down, so it must be time to say goodbye to all my company. Well, as I said earlier, this is going to be a brand new year, and so we're going to be making some changes here in the vault. I can't seem to bring myself to rate the films as much anymore. Why would I tell you to watch a lower-rated film when all of these films are great? We haven't gone below a three in a long time. So, again, I'm going to urge you to pick up this film. I'm going to tell you a little bit of the story. I'm going to tell you some history about the film itself. But most of all, I'm going to tell you the fun that you're going to have when you're watching any of these films. So, go ahead. Pick up Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It is a must for any D-head to have in their library. Again, I would suggest waiting until March 12th to pick up the Blu-ray. I'm eagerly awaiting it, and I'm sure it's going to look gorgeous on the new big screens. My 50-inch is waiting for it in my Blu-ray player. So, until next time, gang, remember, the magic of Disney movies is always inside of you. Mr. Valiant. Mr. Valiant. You've got the wrong idea about me, Mr. Valiant. I'm a pawn in this, just like Roger. Can you help me find him? Just name your price, and I'll pay it. Yeah, I bet you would. You gotta have the rabbit to make the scam work. No, 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 I love my husband. You've got me all wrong. You don't know how hard it is being a woman looking the way I do. Yeah, well, you don't know how hard it is being a man looking at a woman looking the way you do. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Weren't you the one I caught playing patty cake with old man Acme? 
You didn't catch me, Mr. Valiant. You were set up to take those pictures. Who are you talking about? Maroon wanted to blackmail Acme. I didn't want to have anything to do with it, but he said if I didn't pose for those patty cake pictures, Roger would never work in this town again. I couldn't let that happen. I'd do anything for my husband, Mr. Valiant. Anything. What a wife. I'm desperate, Mr. Valiant. Can't you see how much I need you? <clears throat> Dablin and watercolors, Eddie? Goodbye, Eddie. My offer stands firm. Think about it.
Jodie Sweet, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Well, I'm back once again, all of you D-heads, and I had to close out the show here this week, and I want to thank you once again for tuning in to Disney On Demand. We do the show for you. It is our way of giving back to all the memories, all the magic, and all the fun that many of us have remembered growing up, and I hope I was able to bring you a little bit of entertainment here this week. And we want to thank our very special guest, Charles Fleischer, for stopping in once again, bringing his energy and fun to the show, and talking with us about voicing Roger Rabbit, the upcoming possible sequel, his stand-up comedy, and check out his scientific find and papers because it is no joke you never know what science is going to uncover you can find out more about charles at a variety of different social media outlets we'll link to those on the website and thank you once again charles for stopping in here at disney on demand i'd also like to thank the d team once again of jamie jason and tony for stopping in and bringing their signature segments to you without them there wouldn't be that little bit of flair that little bit of fun and uncovering some more Disney magic here at the show. Thank you, team, for that. And you can always find out more about the D-Team and ways that you can contact them at our official website at DizRadio.com. Just read about them and contact them directly right there and interact with the D-Team here at the show. Now, I know you're wondering what exactly is going to be in store for next week, but before I do that, I do got to give all the different ways that you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. Now, first and foremost, you can always stay connected by visiting our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of shows, archives, and more, including all of our social media outlets and our Lifetime of Disney player, where you can listen to over 300-plus Disney television specials, movies, and more as you're just working away in your cubicle at home or just in for some Disney magic fun. You can find all of this at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. Now, you can also find us on all the different social media outlets. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can also friend us at Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. You can find us on Twitter and AOL Instant Messenger at slash Disney Blue. You can find us on Instagram and a variety of different places. You can also call into our Magical Memories hotline, where you can call in, leave some feedback, comments, and shout-outs, and you may just hear yourself here on the show so all of you d heads all the different ways to stay connected we do the show for you and we are very excited to bring in next week's guest so just exactly who is it well go back in time go back to second city sctv films like strange brew follow that bird and disney's animated feature brother bear we are welcoming none other than dave thomas to the show that's right this historic comedian director writer and more is going to be stopping in and talking about working on disney's animated films like brother bear and where's my water as well as revisiting many classics like grace under fire strange brew follow that bird and second city television so dave's going to be stopping in on show number 29 so gear up for that all of you d heads and if you have any questions comments or more that you'd like us to ask dave definitely shoot that to us as well so all of you d heads as we round out the show here this week i want to thank you once again for stopping in it is truly an honor as always to bring you these shows bring you that bit of magic and bring some fun to your work week thank you once again for tuning in and until then I will see you all over the web, see you on the internet, and remember, never neglect family for business. Catch you next week, all of you D-heads.
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues Disney on Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney Company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.